0: Hey, welcome into week number 3 of the Fantastics Insider Football podcast. We are talking waiver wire today, gonna get you caught up on all the latest injuries and of course, as always, your first glance at the week ahead. I'm Dan Claskins along with James Adams and 2 weeks in the books, lots of things to get to today storylines, maybe your teams 2 and 0, maybe you're 0 and 2. It's not too early to panic, but uh, don't want to panic too much either. We're here to help you all through it. We're here every week. That's why you want to subscribe. You can do it wherever you listen. Of course, InsiderFootball.com, the home of the podcast, all of our tools to help you win. We got our DFS lineup optimizer there as well. And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, just to name a few. And of course, uh, James, here we sit, week number three, freshly opened up. And uh, you got to turn the page, whether you won big, you lost big, it was close, no matter how it went down. You got to turn the page each week. But man... What a fun week, week two was just to watch some football. I'm not even going to get into the fantasy storylines, but man, just some great games, some shootouts, a lot of close games. It was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, and it started Thursday night with a really good game. People, I've heard people on both sides of the argument saying, "Well, just because it was close doesn't mean it was good." It was good. All right, so teams make mistakes. Like uh, no one uh, it was a good game. I don't care what people want to say. There might have been some sloppy uh, issues with both teams, you know, Washington not coming out with the starting quarterback, but I thought Thursday night football started us off on a great path and you know what? Dan, uh, as Bengals fans, I thought, oh, man, this week is really bad. The Bengals fought back and made it a close game, even though they weren't able to get the job done. But it was kind of like that all over uh, this week. I mean, whether it was Tennessee and Seattle, whether it was Baltimore and Kansas City, we uh, we had some teams that didn't give up, uh, give up. And unfortunately for our Bengals, they were the one that didn't come back. But you're right, great football. And I mean, look, it's the NFL. It's almost always great football. These are the pinnacle of athletes on this planet, man.
0: No doubt about it. And I think obviously too for fantasy owners we're still digesting a lot of things it's a small sample size just like we said in week one you don't want to overreact and we're still just two weeks into things here clearly some situations are developing but you got some struggling stars out there that you know these early round picks I don't think in most cases it's time to panic just yet I mean sure everybody would like to see Uh, some better results out of those players that you know whether George Kittle right now I mean if you spend a fourth round pick on him you're not all happy about him being tight end 13 after two weeks for instance Uh, I don't have a lot of shares I wasn't picking on him myself it was just a name that I I, I tweeted about but uh, there's a lot of guys struggling a lot of ones that come out and James I think over the course of the next couple weeks owners can really start taking stock and things but I will say this. Injuries do change a lot of situations, and uh, it's a good place to start as we dive in to this week's action. Lots of big injuries last week, of course, and uh, some that we don't really quite frankly have clarity on as we come at you here on Tuesday. So tomorrow we'll get a better indicator of a lot of these situations as things go to practice. We did get some news right before recording today, though, on Cleveland wide receiver Jarvis Landry. He was officially placed on injured reserve here today, and uh, that means he's going to miss three games, expected return now in week six, at least in terms of when he's eligible. It's an MCL injury, which is good, because obviously this is something he can come back on, James. It makes it really tough for receivers to cut side to side when they have an MCL, but Cleveland now without... Landry. They've been without Odell Beckham Jr. these first two games. We're wondering, will we see Odell back here? He's recovering from the ACL offseason surgery and injury that he had. He's officially questionable right now here for week three, but it's not looking great for this Cleveland passing attack. And What's your take from all this from a fantasy perspective?
1: Um, If you have either one of the running backs, you're happy about it because the expectation would be to lean on a very strong offensive line. And I know we talked Browns before the season started, and it isn't really their MO to come out with the run to set up the pass. They kind of want to come out, be aggressive, and then set up an ability to salt the game away with the run. Well, they may have to do that for four quarters now. You can dig into some of the uh, pieces if you want as far as the other passing game goes, but maybe it's Hooper, right? Maybe it's Hooper and Bryant, the tight ends, who both saw an uptick in targets. Now, that could have been because – Landry hurt. Beckham not available, but that's maybe what we see here, and it was those tight ends that saw some more targets early in the game in this uh, week two after Landry went down. In a game, they didn't blow out Houston as much as I would have expected, and certainly losing Landry as a part of that, so that's where I'm looking. Like I don't know that I'm ready to go to Higgins or DPJ just yet, but their conversation piece is probably for a little bit later in the show because there are going to be some people that, especially if you have an IR spot you could put Landry on, you may not have many other options at the wide receiver position.
0: Fair enough. Uh, I, I think, from Odell Beckham Jr. perspective, I got to be honest. Sixteen season long teams. I don't have him on a roster. Nope. Uh, his ADP got up. In, in, once it got above wide receiver thirty, it was a, it was basically a given. I wasn't going to roster him. I'm getting questions from some of my regulars over there on Twitter. Should I drop him? Should I do this? Should what's it, what should I do? And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't draft him.
1: <laughs> unfortunately we have to have those answers that's what I hate Midseason, people give me a, a start sit between two guys and I'm like I don't know I don't want anything to do with any of them for a reason yeah. like maybe it's the New England backs back in the in the in the years past I'm like I, I know I'm going to give you an answer but just understand that it's uh, it's not it's something I tried to avoid to begin with and uh, that's the situation with Beckham for me too bud
0: yeah I definitely think uh, it, it's a tough spot to be in when you have an injured player obviously if you have an IR spot it gets easier I would expect Beckham to sort of have to force the issue at some point here, uh, with what we've got going on, uh, you know, especially with them now being more need. Maybe we come back. It'll be interesting to see how that one undertakes itself. It's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, in Pittsburgh. We know we saw uh, Deontay Johnson leave the field uh, towards the end of the game. There, I mean, that dude goes down more than anybody. It looks like, <laughs> oh my god, it's a season ender. They're like, oh no, he's actually he's already uh, walking again. But we don't know the status of it. It could i mean it definitely looked like it could be something that could limit him this week ahead today news out about ben roethlisberger he's got a pectoral issue could affect his status non-throwing
1: here. arm to be to be it clear is, it, on
0: that. yeah it is definitely uh that's a good news for that but i mean pittsburgh's pretty banged up already and really i mean it was a better effort this week obviously uh for the steelers james especially Najee harris we saw him uh you know, probably one of the more valuable Pittsburgh assets here. Uh, unlike the first week where he sort of laid a dud, he finished this week uh, as an RB1 in PPR formats, mostly through the work he did in this passing game. But I don't know. Uh, the Bengals' defense has been a little surprising here. So if they're limited with Roethlisberger, and there is no Deontay Johnson, just wondering uh, how that in, uh, impacts the rankings of these other Steelers that will be matched up against the Bengals.
1: Move them up a little bit. The Steelers didn't come through for me, though, as I used them in a survivor pool, and now I have two of four entries left. Uh, Raiders, short week, go to Pittsburgh and get the win. Who saw that coming? But it is what it is. Uh, but I, I think in this regard, right, there's nobody really looking at the waiver wire receiver-wise because they've already got Juju, they've already got – Claypool, so i'm not thinking uh, anything changes that front i think what you're basically looking at is you'll you'll move them both both up a tick a little bit if johnson can't go because let's face it the bengals are susceptible on defense they're better than they were last year but that's almost impossible not to be
0: lots of quarterbacks injured this week we saw andy dalton leave the first half with an injured ankle tried to come back and play a little bit there against the bengals uh the bears have come out and said if healthy he's our starter justin field's led the Bears to a win in relief. It wasn't pretty at times, but uh, we'll keep our eyes on that situation. Carson Wentz, not one, but two sprained ankles. He, uh, I'd be shocked if he's able to suit up. And, man, Jacob Eason, that offense really took a big hit. Pretty good news for Tua Tagovailoa, I think. Uh, it's a, it's a, something they're hoping he can play through. The x-rays did come back negative. It was, it was looked pretty gruesome when they carted him off the field, but a big upgrade there over Jacoby Brissett for sure. And, of course, Tyrod Taylor. This probably... The most imminent and uh, urgent one of them because the Texans play on Thursday night, as we'll talk about in a bit. But Taylor hasn't been terrible and has kept this offense out there. But uh, dealing with the hamstring on Thursday night, looks like the rookie Davis Mills could be starting. We'll want to keep our eyes on that. The non-quarterback positions, James, those are the ones I know fantasy owners are really trying to figure out. And Daryl Henderson, well, so let's start there. Uh was having a great game, getting the usage looking good. Did suffer a rib injury. There's optimism he'll be able to play through it. But uh, this has been the, the thing with Henderson. Even when he's looked decent and had the volume, his durability is coming question. That's one of the reasons I think they traded for Sony Michelle to begin with. Michelle comes in this week, 10 carries in relief. I don't know. We'll see. If Henderson plays, I think I'm playing him in my lineups. And if Sony Michelle only becomes useful, at least right now, if Henderson's out.
1: I think I, well, I would agree that Sonny Michelle only going to be useful for me if Henderson's out. I'd be willing to say that I'm willing to just step back and say, I'm not playing Henderson this week either. We saw how Zeke Elliott was unable to perform and really they didn't even try to get him going against Tampa Bay, who the Rams take on this week. So if you have the ability to leave all Rams running backs off your starting roster this week, I would advise that because I do think that a banged up Henderson certainly has an opportunity to go back out hurt again. Would make sense if they let Michelle have a couple more carries since they did bring him in, after all. And this team thrives on the passing game already. They don't necessarily have to try and beat Tampa Bay with the run. So I would avoid both running backs this week, really.
0: Yeah, not a great matchup. Uh, we can all agree to that. The other running backs, obviously, in San Francisco. Holy cow. They're all hurt. <laughs> they're all hurt. Uh, Elijah Mitchell with a shoulder. Uh, they've already ruled out Joe Hasty with an ankle. Trey Sermon is officially in concussion protocol carry on Johnson signed last week Trenton Cannon they're in the mix they're bringing in a slew of others we'll find out on Wednesday but uh the San Francisco this week James a matchup uh with Green Bay it's on Sunday night so it's not going to make it easier clearly we'll have more clarity on this goes but it, it could very well be the same story what you just said here and I saw a lot of chest bumping out there for for people that missed out on fab with uh Elijah Mitchell but the thing is is nothing really changed about what we were talking about last week on the podcast to me I mean he's they're all hurt and wasn't a great performance but neither did Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle Jimmy Garoppolo or the rest of the San Francisco 49ers and having watched a little bit of that game a lot of it started up front that Philly front four just dominated that mm-hmm. Niners offensive line so yeah, I mean, we all agreed 70% or higher on uh, Mitchell was stupid a week ago. I didn't need Sunday's performance to tell me that. But if I did end up with him on waivers, uh, you know, actually, James, I told you, I had him in most of the places I got him before waivers even happened. And in about half the leagues, I didn't even start him. So, uh, But he did have a touchdown called back. He did have that. Approaching this backfield this week is hairy. Uh, if, if we get word that Mitchell's practicing this week and he's going through it, I I still think he's an RB, back-end RB, two like I did a week ago. So we'll see about Trey Sermon. The concussion, obviously not as big of a deal here, but uh, it's a mess in this backfield, and I just don't think this offense is looking that great right now, regardless of who's running the football.
1: I would agree with you. I mean, I haven't dug into that game full tilt either. I went to a concert Sunday night, but – Jimmy Garoppolo, in the stats I saw on NFL.com, he had 11 carries for like 20 yards. I know he had the one-yard touchdown run. I've got to dig into that further because I've got to imagine a lot of that's just tucking and run, uh, third down rushes. I have yet to get into that one yet, but that seemed very suspect to me. Uh, But you're right as a whole, not a very good look outside of Debo Samuel for anybody on this offense
0: yeah again it's only two weeks in uh george kittle and Ayuk and some i mean iuk is the one that's really concerning the dude has two targets one catch for two yards through two games mm-hmm. but here's the thing sam france 2-0 and so it sucks for fantasy right now but they're 2-0 and there's only seven teams i believe in the nfl that have gotten a 2-0 and so uh so we'll keep our eyes on those injuries and more. Of course, you want to keep it glued uh, to us on Saturday mornings over on the Sirius XM fantasy channel where we host Fantastics insider football. And you can follow us on Twitter at Dan Claskins at James Adams 94. Ask us your questions there. We'll be talking more about these updates, James, but let's transition over to the waiver wire. Turn the page here to week three and in the wake of all these injuries and different things, uh, Just looking at Yahoo Sports, which, you know, we're trying to use the same data sources each week here. And we're looking at players that are currently only rostered in 30% of the less of the leagues. We're going to run through some names, talk through them for you, and give you our takes on what they're worth. Maybe potential how you're bidding on FAB. I don't really think, James, that this week's, I mean, Elijah Mitchell, uh, whether you were in or out on him, there was definitely this sexiness of last week's waiver wire beyond, with him, and not just him, but others. Uh, this week, there's really not even names, I don't think, uh, unless you start getting into some matchup plays and stuff that are that are really all that exciting. So let's start by position here and uh, just start throwing some names out at you. Running back, and this one's interesting because there's some mixed opinions. And I know you didn't get to watch as much football on Sunday because of that concert, but... Cordero Patterson is a name that's out there in a lot of leagues. Uh, Very many over here, specifically at Yahoo. And I know that he's sort of been a gimmick player, but dude, we were right about Mike Davis being sort of a bust because his usage is terrible. Patterson, who on Yahoo, by the way, is still eligible at receiver or running back. Clearly he's more valuable at running back. James, he's available in 16% of the leagues. And do I think this is a dude that uh, you're going to put in your starting lineup each week? Eh, Nah. But with Atlanta always, when it looks like going to be playing from behind, he clearly has a role inside the red zone with this team. Our guy D Orlando Ledbetter was telling us this stuff back on Sirius when we had him on in June, and we were laughing at him. But two weeks in, I'm I'm starting to think, uh, you know, he, he's not worth a bad bench, uh, bench stash. I, I I stashed him in a couple deeper leagues before this week, and man, I think he's I think in most twelve team leagues, he's worth a roster spot at th- this point.
1: He makes so much sense in that offense. Like Cordero Patterson is kind of – a what was he, about 10 years ahead of his time before guys like Antonio Gibson were being drafted as wide receivers and turned into running backs? Now he hasn't been as productive as we've seen Gibson be when he's been a running back, but he's been given that chance. And and in Atlanta, I think he – Look, he's a lot bigger guy than a James White or somebody like that, but he kind of makes sense in the similar fashion that he is a receiver first but clearly can run the football as well, and Atlanta's going to be playing from behind. He makes a lot of sense. I mean, Dan, he was one of my deep sleepers. I've I've got him on our uh, GSA, GSI best ball dynasty already. Uh, I've, I've scooped up a lot of shares. I think this is an offense where, yeah, they've got Pitts, but Hayden Hurst has been less than uh, productive his entire career so far. They've got Calvin Ridley. But I don't think Gage or Darby or anybody else like that as a wide receiver just stands out, and D- Davis is what he is. So I think more than Patterson maybe being a skilled player, because he's been around long enough. I mean, he's 30 years old plus. We know what he's about. But this offense just makes sense for him. So I- yeah. I've scooped him up already, and I would advise that if you've got a deep enough roster, you should have him too.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, the thing is, is – uh Last weekend in the KFFC leagues, there was two of the four leagues where I actually made a bid on on Elijah Mitchell, and I you know, I knew I wasn't going to get him, but my backup bid for a dollar and three dollars, or no, it was three dollars and five dollars. I got Cordell Patterson for a week ago after missing out on the Mitchell pick. And I, for the record, I I still think Mitchell's worth having. I'm not trying to like bash, bash Elijah Mitchell here. I'm just saying like sometimes even in your contingency bids, you got to spot these trends, and mm-hmm. in larger leagues, they're sort of constantly revolving those last few spots around hoping one hits but dude I think Cor- I could I'm not going to make a bold prediction because that's not what we're here to do necessarily today but at this point of the season I would not be shocked to see in PPR leagues Cordero Patterson end up in the top 36 at running back
1: I'm with you I wouldn't be shocked either because PPR he's a receiver playing running back he's going to catch his yeah I, I'm with you totally
0: yeah, so I don't have a problem in, in larger leagues looking at him as a flex play based off matchup. And let's face it, most weeks, the matchup uh, does start to ease up for the Falcons, too. They got contested against the Giants, Washington, and the Jets over the next three weeks. Speaking of Washington, J.D. McKissick, I was all off on him. Thought it was going to be Antonio Gibson and all you know three downs of that. But we saw on Thursday night McKissick still involved here. Heineke, uh, the new quarterback with Fitzpatrick, I'd certainly had a little bit of rapport with him. And McKissick, just 2% roster, James.
1: So I cut him in a league and I where I actually did get Elijah Mitchell in a dynasty league, and it, the absolute instant regret of Thursday night crushes. In a dynasty
0: me. league, though, that's, that makes ton of sense. I, I mean, should Elijah have cut Tevin
1: Coleman. I should have cut. Okay. 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 I'll be. I'll be honest with you. Well, no,
0: I'm just saying in Dynasty League. I mean, Mitchell is a a running back draft prospect that all my Dynasty Guru friends did have on their board, and and McKissick's old. So, but yeah, I would rather have McKissick than Coleman at this point, especially in
1: PPR in any format. And McKissick, I mean, we see it. There's so many, so many offenses now where you need multiple running backs. And sometimes we'll we'll forget running back two on a team because Antonio Gibson is supposed to become the next Christian McCaffrey. He's supposed to do it all for his team. But until he does, McKissick's role stays the same. And, you know, you're not going to get what you got from McKissick last week, 20 points or whatever his fantasy number was. It was monumental. Yeah. But there are going to be bye weeks coming up where if he gets you six or seven points in an RB2 spot, you're going, OK, I got me through.
0: Yeah, well, one of the things that made him such a factor was the Giants got the surprising lead on that Washington defense. And if that defense continues to struggle to stop people like it did on Thursday night,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: McKissick's going to become more viable because they're going to be playing from behind. And I think that will be a big factor in all of that. The two running backs that are rostered above 30% currently, but in enough range, they might be available in shallower leagues. James White at 34%, Alexander Madison at 32%. Cook did start and finish the game and turn in another solid performance, but holy cow! Uh, I mean, look—he kept limping on and off, and it's like, dude, we're two weeks into this eighteen-game grind, eighteen week seventeen-game grind, and Cook's already looking like he's getting his butt beat. And uh, so, Madison is probably more of a stash, especially if you didn't already get him as a Cook owner and he, he got cut or something. James White, though. Uh, Mac Jones being the quarterback brought life back into James White's value once Cam Newton was gone because, you know, Cam Newton never passed to him last year. So White actually even got a goal line carry, which was surprising. But in PPR leagues, and if you're in shallower leagues, even half point PPR, I'd make a move on him. Anything else at the running back position? I know uh, Giovanni Bernard, I'm looking at him at 27%, Tony Jones Jr. at 24%. I mean, nothing they did this week makes me want to reach out and grab them, but anything that just striking your fancy.
1: I mean, Mark Ingram's still out there. You you don't have to like it, but, you know, he's that, – that Houston team continues to mix the ball around. I guess he's the one you would want. Not really. No, not really. I mean, frankly, like you said, this week just doesn't quite stack up with last week.
0: Yeah, at receiver, I mean, uh, if we go under the 30% threshold, that takes out Henry Ruggs, who, uh, you know – Definitely started to look good when we talked to JT the Brick on our fantastic Sirius XM show this week. He was talking about rugs and he sure, yeah. JT the Brick had to like that game, though, didn't he, James?
1: Oh, dude, that's what I thought about. I was like, man, he, he, he. At the very he sounded end, sounded
0: like the biggest homer, but he actually ended up calling everything that happened.
1: Yeah, at the very end, he was like, well, but they're going to need a bunch of turnovers to make this thing happen. Well, whatever it was, and it hurt me in Survivor. The Raiders made it happen, but yeah, Rugs certainly looked exactly like the player. Uh, that JT was talking about. And then I think uh, there was even a quote during the game too where um, uh, uh, John Gruden, my goodness, I almost forgot Chucky's real name, that he was asked about him coming into the season. He said, look, we didn't draft him to run in routes and slant routes like we we drafted him to go deep.
0: Yeah. Well, deep he did. Uh, Rondale Moore is 27%. Uh, You know, this offense looks explosive in Arizona. First week, we saw Christian Kirk get in there. This week, it was more... And uh, I mean five catches or five targets, four catches, I believe it was. Uh, I don't have a stat line in
1: front of me. I'm trying to go off my memory. And
0: it's like don't do that, Dan.
1: Moore more saw a ton of targets though. He's he's been out tar- He's out targeted uh, DeAndre Hopkins this year, right?
0: Is that the case? I believe
1: so. I believe so.
0: Well, in week two, I can tell you, Rondale Moore alone uh, finished. You know, as a pretty elite option as number six receiver, who's targeted eight times. Seven catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown. One of them, of course, coming on that big, long play. But even in week one, James, dude had five targets, four catches, 68 yards, and that's 10.8 points in PPR scoring. So Rondale Moore, he's probably the best option out there under 30% this week, I would imagine, at the receiver position. Tim Patrick's out there at 22%. I think as long as Jerry Judy's uh, out, that Patrick's the wide receiver to there. Got Brian Edwards, Zach Pascal, uh, another guy that I got on Touch. my KFFC scrap heap last week after I missed out on some big names. And you know what? I, is Paris Campbell's hurt again. Huh, go figure. T.Y. Hilton, he might retire. So uh, Zach Pascal, he's just scoring touchdowns. Uh, if indeed Deontay Johnson, they come out and say, all right, he's going to be out a few weeks, which we don't know right now, is James Washington a guy that strikes your fancy? Because he's only owning 1% of the leagues at Yahoo.
1: No, in fact, I'd probably be more interested in Pat Fryermuth if you're talking about a pass catcher on that team. Yeah. I know I'm not a big rookie tight end guy, but he's already passed Ebron. But no, the answer is no, I wouldn't really be interested because at that point, Washington, you need the big play from. If he doesn't come up with that big play, you get nothing. And I'm not, I, I'm not ready to take my chances there in a non-bye week just yet. Unless you're desperate. I mean, you better be real desperate.
0: Yeah tight end, I mean, there's just nothing to talk about. Evan Ingram, I think that's the one thing that I might keep my eyes on on the waiver wire. It looks like he's trending towards playing at home here in Week 3 in Atlanta. He's missed uh, some action here early in the season with injury, James. So, if you're streaming tight ends and it has been a little ugly, maybe you take a chance on him. He's probably... uh, He's over the 30% mark. He's actually 32%. But just going dumpster diving, I mean, I don't know. Dawson, Dawson Knox, Dalton Schultz, I mean... Uh, there's, you know, now Adam Troutman's under the 30% mark, Tyler Conklin. I mean, I don't even
1: care. What about, so there's one name I'll throw at you and it's, it's, you don't have to spend more than a dollar of your thousand fab, but Jacob Hollister, O'Shaughnessy Hurt for Jacksonville. Hollister, I'm not saying he's a stud by any stretch of the imagination, but he's the tight end who they did bring in, who's had slightly better career stats than O'Shaughnessy. And it's a team that I don't expect to win throwing the ball a lot. So, look, I'm talking super deep, two tight end leagues. That's the only name I can throw out there at you. Yeah.
0: Dan Arnold looked like he got a few targets in there, but, I mean.
1: Max Williams looked really good for Arizona. I don't know if that happens again, though.
0: At quarterback, Derek Carr, we talked about him to start the season uh, quite a bit on our Saturday morning show. Uh, Basically... This is a guy that doesn't get a lot of credit. Him and Kirk Cousins. Man, just wait on quarterback and draft those two dudes. And Mm -hmm. uh, hope you get the right one in your lineup. But Carr, I mean, mean, he's looking legit. 817 passing yards and four touchdowns in two games. I mean, that's definitely uh, somebody to look at. I thought Daniel Jones looked good on Thursday night. I'm not sure it's going to happen again. But a home tilt with the Falcons on tap here uh, makes him a streamer option for sure for this week. Oh, yeah. Sam Darnold. I mean, I've been buying in on the Panthers. I'm buying more in them. And even Taylor Heineke and Teddy Bridgewater, a couple guys that I I would put out there. But, I mean, this is more of a matchup streaming situation. None of these guys are available in super flex formats. But Davis Mills, officially, uh, as we're talking here, James, uh, head coach Dave Culley has confirmed that the rookie, Davis Mills, will start indeed in week three versus the Panthers. That's because Tyrod Taylor's dealing with the hamstring. They made the decision they're not going to play Deshaun Watson. So, James, in Super Flex Leagues only here, obviously, Mm -hmm. is Davis Mills a player that uh, you're spending some fab on this week?
1: Maybe. Here's the deal. Of all the quarterback injuries we talked about, I don't think there's one that is worth – uh digging into their backup whether it's miami or indianapolis in a super flex league because i don't think it's going to be long term this one could be for a lot of reasons like tyrod taylor we know who he is i I feel bad for him i mean the guy basically lost his job last week by a medical mess up last year i should say uh which put herbert under center for the rest of the year for the chargers now here he is uh again gets banged up at at houston when he was the best quarterback that was available to play, that that, that team's making available to play. So I feel bad for him. But, yeah, I think if you're in a super flex league and you're desperately searching for some options there, like, you know, maybe your QB2 is not so good, he's worth it. But, I mean... I mean, who's he throwing the ball to besides Brandon Cooks? Who's awesome, but that's all he's got. I mean, Nico Collins is hurt now. like yeah. So, yes, but situationally, I don't think he's a you-must-go-get-him. Well, here's the thing guy. about
0: him, too. Beyond this injury, and Ty- Tyrod Taylor has looked pretty good, but at mm-hmm. some point, they're going to get a look at Mills anyway to see what they need to do with quarterback next year in the draft, right?
1: Yeah, that's probably true because it's not going to be Taylor for the long yeah. term.
0: Taylor, obviously, just a stopgap option there, so – there you have our waiver wire report. Uh, some, As we said, we, we led with. It's not as sexy as we talked about the first couple of weeks here on the show. And uh, hopefully it stays that way, really. Because, yeah, really. Uh, usually when the waiver wire report gets good is when somebody gets hurt. That's well, why I always do injuries, then waiver wire. Makes sense to go in that order. And now let's take a, a look ahead to some of this week's matchups. We've already hit on some of them. Of course, the Thursday night game. Carolina at Houston, not the great matchup here, James, at all, especially without Tyrod. If Tyrod Taylor was in there, it might be a little bit more appealing. Uh, Carolina currently favored a seven and a half. The over there is at 44. But, man, you get into Sunday slate, some good ones. We mentioned our Bengals taking on the Steelers. Probably not the best fantasy game there. But how about that one o'clock tilt, the Chargers and the Chiefs? Fifty five and a half's the total on that one. Plenty of fantasy fireworks there. You got the Colts at the Texans. I'm I don't think Carson Wentz is gonna play though. So if Wentz is out, that game doesn't have its appeal from a fantasy standpoint, I don't think as much. Because I mean Jacob Eason definitely a player that uh, you know, doesn't have quite the zing. And we talked about it. Atlanta and the Giants, not a great game from an NFL perspective, but this could be some fantasy goodness in this one. The
1: the total's at forty eight and a half. I think they could get over fifty, easy. Titans defense stinks. So even if Eason's under center, I'll still like the Colts uh, offensive pieces a little as much as I did this coming week or this past week, meaning uh, I'll probably like Hines and uh, and Taylor and that's it. As far as the, uh, the uh, I mean, the West Coast tilt that you're talking about, I'm certainly interested in Chiefs Chargers, but that, Bron- I'm sorry, not Broncos, the Giants and the Falcons game. That is sneaky, sneaky, interesting because one, you know I had some, some some Saquon Barkley taste in this. Now he's going to get a week and a half off, and he's been playing the last two weeks. We haven't seen anything other than poor performance to suggest he's not ready to go. So for anybody with Saquon Barkley who's been waiting, this is the week. I'm really interested to see if the Falcons put up some points, because I want to see Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay. I want to see all of that shake out a little bit further, because Daniel Jones... I mean, I thought he looked very good on Thursday night. In fact, he put his team in a position to win a a road division game in prime time. And basically a bad call by the officials because that wasn't offsides on the missed field goal. Whatever. Maybe Washington makes it the first rip. I don't know. But Jones put him in position. I'm very excited about that game from a game that there's little to be excited about from an NFL perspective. Right? Both teams not very exciting. But fantasy wise, I mean, we talked about Patterson already in this one, too. Like, there's a lot of things on these teams that aren't great, aren't sexy, but might be what gets you over the hump in that flex position in your fantasy lineups.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. I think that you just have to play it out and see how it goes. As we turn our attention to the late afternoon games on Sunday, four games taking place in that 4 o'clock Eastern slot, including Miami at Las Vegas, where the Raiders will hope to get back Josh Jacobs, we we'll have to wait and see how he does. Of course, he missed last week's game with the toe injury. So the Raiders certainly could use him, but hey, they're two and zero, and surprisingly, one of the surprise teams of the season so far, I think. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the Jets—they'll go to Denver to take on uh, another tough defense for Mac or not Mac Jones, excuse me, Zach Wilson, the the rookie there after facing New England last week. So uh, that's going to be interesting, obviously. And then the two really good games at four twenty-five Eastern: Tampa Bay at the Rams. This could be a preview of the NFC Championship game Mm -hmm. potentially here. Uh, Tampa Bay, nine touchdowns for Tom Brady through two games, four of them to my man, Gronk, who is looking like he came out of like, his 2015 self uh, here in fantasy. 54.5 is the total there, so they are respecting the defenses slightly, I
1: guess.
0: <laughs> Seattle minus one at Minnesota should be another fantasy-friendly matchup, James.
1: Yeah, I think so too, right? Now, I mean, Minnesota's really got their back against the wall now, and Seattle has to feel like they should be 2-0, and and they're not. Uh, so that one will be a very interesting game and I would expect that one will have a ton of points. I mean, I would, I could see Seattle, Minnesota going over Tampa Bay and LA just because I think the defenses in the other one are, are better. Um, both of those games should be very exciting. Of course, Tampa and LA, I mean, you're, you're not going to get much more, uh, excitement than that. And the Broncos, man, they're on their way to a three and zero start to the season. Not the team I would have thought was going to be in first place when the division in this division come week three, but. Sure looks like they're going to be. So, uh, look, it's week three. I think we still have these play these like storylines now that are playing out for the NFL. And we talked about it like, you know, you can't get too worked up. But at the same time, and it's reason to be excited. I think in the NFL, the same case, right? These teams are all saying, hey, we can't get too worked up. But, oh, by the way, like we're the Vikings. We can't go to 0-3.
0: I can't wait for these two primetime affairs. Sunday night, it's Green Bay at San Francisco, minus four for the home team Niners, who, despite their struggles in fantasy, are 2-0 and right now. And the Packers, they're coming off a, a, a really six terrible quarters of football before they had a good second half last night, and now they get to play the Niners. So this one, definitely a, a statement game, I think, for both of these teams here. We know Aaron Rodgers likes going back to the San Francisco area. There'll be those storylines. We'll be watching this San Francisco backfield. Will they have a healthy running back to play? We'll be some dude off the street. Time will tell. And then Monday night, I can't wait to watch this one. Jalen Hurts has been exciting. I love what I'm seeing from Philly so far. They everybody, you know, Philly's defense is better than people think, James. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, we've seen it through two games especially the pressure they get up front the way they plug up the run so dallas you know they, they've they're sitting here this total's 51 and a half but they are in home now they're they're coming back home after being out in la last week they're a four point favorite the totals at 51 and a half i i'm gonna go on uh, this i mean i'm having gone on an official record with my picks but I'm, I'm telling you i don't think they get the 50 in this game i, I think it'll be a fun game and a good game but I think it will be a little more defensive than that. But either way, some fantasy stars on primetime on both of those games, and that's what it's all about.
1: I don't. I want to see more from the Eagles' defense because I'm not sure they're as good as you maybe think they are, and they might be. But what they did to Atlanta in week one, eh, okay. And then what they did to San Fran the second week in a row on the road, they went from San Fran to Detroit to Philly. That That's a struggle. Uh, that's a tough challenge when you're talking about travel. So we'll see what happens. I'll tell you what I'm most interested in other than wearing my American flag and celebrating a Ryder Cup victory while I watch that Sunday night game you're talking about, Green Bay and, and San Fran. I'm looking forward to the Monday night game because it's not about Jalen Hurts. I want to see what else is going on in that offense, right? Will Ertz play? And if he doesn't, does Goddard get a bigger look of the offense? Does Miles Sanders get the touches he needs to, to, to be worth the draft position he had in fantasy? I'm concerned that this is going to become an offense where if it's not Jalen Hurts, you're afraid to touch any other part of it. That's what I want to see. Uh, the Cowboys' defense look better against the Chargers, so perhaps the, the the liking of the under makes sense, maybe more because the Cowboys' defense might just be a tick better than we thought, but I want to see how the Eagles disperse the ball yet again because so far, Miles Sanders, for me, Dan, is a bench piece, and that's, I mean, he's more talented than that, but his usage just doesn't dictate the, the, the starting stature.
0: Yeah, I still like him as an RB, too. We'll see. It should be a good game, but... If, yeah. you, if you're gonna dive in this week to any of it uh it's always fun to play the prop bets and we like to talk, do it over at thrive fantasy that's the place to go right now and James uh I had a lot I've had a lot of fun I've, I've cashed two weeks in a row I've already more than doubled my money and it's funny because like the only two I missed last week on my 10 picks were two of the three I made against you here on Tuesday night so you have overtaken the lead that we have we're we're making three picks a week and and, and in fairness you had odell beckham in week one so that was a guaranteed loss since we didn't make the ice pick which is the backup pick
1: and he was still under that number just to be fair so
0: you went three and oh last week you had over 93 on nick chubb you had over 70 and a half on keenan allen you had over 64 and a half on zeke elliott and i went one and two i had uh waller uh, over 70 that was a sucker bet Garoppolo I thought he'd get the pick that was a loss and DK Metcalf uh was the one I got right uh which was under eight and a half catches and right now it looks like it's Tyler Lockett show in Seattle to be so,
1: fair the Waller bet wasn't a sucker bet he got to 65 I used the I used the over in the contests I got in I, I put it the over in all the contests I got into so it was <laughs> he was damn close
0: yeah I mean yeah it wasn't terrible but I was hoping for a little better there but Either way, either way, we encourage you to go over to Thrive Fantasy. Play along with us. It's ThriveFantasy.com. Use the promo code FANTISTICS. And if you're a brand new user, you're going to get an instant 100% deposit match up to $100. You can play this week. They got the $50,000 prize pool guaranteed contest. It's $20 to enter. First place takes home the 10 Gs. And like me, if you, you know, even if you don't win the big money, Uh, You just keep picking winners. You can keep making money. And that's what's happened through two weeks. And James, as the weekly winner uh, from the previous week, we get to pick, we're going to go through and pick four each. You get first pick, my man, from this week's slate over at Thrive Fantasy.
1: Well, Aaron Rodgers is going to be throwing the football a little bit at San Francisco, even if he's throwing it to Aaron Jones just out in the flat. 25 and a half. He can be be, uh, a a lot more consistent and, uh, um, Uh, I can't even think of the stupid word. I'm trying to think competent. I don't know. He can be really uh, efficient. There's the word I'm looking at. So I don't know that he needs 25 and a half total completions, but I'm going to go over because I think they've got some momentum going. And I think this offense wants to keep that momentum going. Oh, and by the way, San Fran's really a better test than either of the teams they've played so far.
0: Yeah. uh, It should be a good game. As I mentioned, uh, really looking forward to, to watching that one. And uh, you know, I've, there's a lot of them on here that, oh man, it's just like, it's right about the number, I think. And that's how they get you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but there's one that I'm pretty confident in. It's chalky. It's chalky, but I'm going to take it, dude. George Kittle, who's been nine targets. Now he's caught eight of them, but he's only had nine targets all season. And here we sit, James, the over under on um, one and a half total touchdowns. It's only under 65, so it's not a lot of points there. Your Rodgers bet was 100, 100. So, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and put it on the board because I'm behind. I need to get something. I'm going George Kittle under the one and a half receiving touchdowns.
1: Okay. Um, I like that one. I like a little more points. That's kind of one of those picks where if I get down to ten, my 10th pick and I can't find anything that I feel real comfortable with, I'll take and just try to bank those 65 points. But we're not quite there yet for me, Dan, so I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook. I'm going 90.5 total rushing yards. That's rushing yards only. A little banged up. He can catch the football in the backfield. Let's go under. Let's take a push and a little extra point here. 115 points is what he's being offered. It's not because I think Seattle's a great defense. Quite frankly, I think it's just because he'll get a little bit in the air. It's a close total. Give me 90 and a half under the 90 and a half total rushing yards.
0: Yeah, so as you said, though, the thing about that one is is you're getting 115 points.
1: Yep. Uh,
0: So definitely there. Dalvin Cook, you're going under the 90 and a half rushing yards. Yes, sir. Uh, and then James, I got to take a little bit of a chance here, but I can't sandbag it on all my picks. So I'm gonna find one that I really like, and I really like this Calvin Ridley touchdown.
1: One. Oh, I, you dog!
0: I I try to stay away from the touchdown props, but dude, Calvin Ridley is so due for a big game, and it's been pretty brutal for the Falcons. It's only gonna stay brutal. But I think Ridley breaks out of his funk with a big day against the Giants. I'm gonna take the 115 over points that he scores a touchdown this week.
1: You dog, that's where I was going. Uh, Guarantee you I will be using that one in my contest where we get to put 10 full picks in. Okay, uh, I had two ice picks ready, and one of them now, we're going to have to break in case of emergency because it's going to be the real deal. The Lions defense gives up some points. Baltimore's going to score some points. Jared Goff, one-and-a-half total pass TDs. I mean, DeAndre Swift, Jamar Williams, they catch the ball out of the backfield, too, so maybe one of them scores a rushing touchdown, but when the Lions score, they score through the air. He had two passing touchdowns last night. Let's go for one-and-a-half total pass touchdowns. I'll go over 90 points.
0: Over 90 points. Or over
1: one-and-a-half total touchdowns for the 90 points. Yeah, that's what I mean.
0: One-and-a-half touchdowns for Jarrett Goff. And you know what? That's what's fun about Prop Thrive Fantasy. Suddenly you're interested in Jarrett Goff. <laughs> right? Right. Oh, man. Well, I'll wrap us up here with my final of three picks before we make our ice picks. And, you know, this one's a little tougher for me to do, but i tell you, man, you just watching the game, seeing how things are going, Derek Carr has been so good. I'm so buying in. Miami, I mean, the defense hasn't been great. I'm actually going to be dropping them in some leagues this week where I drafted them. And not that they're terrible, but... They were terrible <laughs> this week. Passing touchdowns plus interceptions for Derek Carr, two and a half, and, I mean that's over 70 so that's not a the big sexy thing there uh, so I don't know I don't know I think I'm I'm, I'm gonna put it on the board though James because okay. it, it's 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 weak it's weak but uh, I'm down and I want to try to get some points I feel pretty good about this one
1: I'm torn here I'll use them both yeah uh... When it comes to the actual lineups, I was really thinking about Saquon Barkley over the half a rushing touchdown because I think Atlanta stinks and it's time to get my man going, but that's not quite as safe as what I think the over 90 ha- 95 points is what I'm going to get. When Patrick Mahomes goes over 310 and a half total passing yards, look, they can't quite get Edwards Hilaire going on the ground right now. And the chargers have a decent defensive front, which means Mahomes has to do it through the air. If I need anybody in the world to get me 310 passing yards, I believe Patrick Mahomes is the man I'd want to do it right now. Maybe Thomas Brady's the other one, but give me Mahomes. I'll take the over, 90, nine, over 310 and a half total passing yards for the 95 points.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go Antonio Gibson as my ice pick. Uh, he's been pretty brutal, but 92 and a half rushing and receiving yards. I think this week uh, against Buffalo, that's a tough tale to follow, but I think he gets there this week, James. I think Gibson actually. Has an okay game. It doesn't take a lot to get to this. I'm going to make my ice pick over the 92 and a half yards on Mister Gibson. I
1: can dig it. I can dig it. I hope for for my lack of FOMO on cutting uh, cutting one J.D. McKissick. You get it.
0: Well, that's all the time we've got for now. Be sure to catch us Saturday at 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern with Fantastics Insider Football over on SiriusXM Fantasy, and of course, you can hit us on Twitter. He's at James Adams 94. I'm at Dan Claskins. Catch the podcast and all of our great content to help you win all season long. Go over to fantastic stuff at insiderfootball.com. And of course, uh, you got myfantasyfix.com for our DF Optimizer stuff there and James and Skeeter's podcast. I'll be out next week. I've got uh, some other things going on early in the week. So Skeeter Robinson uh, will join you, James, and you guys will have lots of fun, I'm sure. But uh, I'll catch you on Saturday morning, my man.
1: Can't wait till Saturday morning. Really can't wait till Friday since you mentioned golf for the start of the Ryder Cup. It's kind of like the um, perfect storm for your boy this week. It's Bengals Steelers week. It's Ryder Cup week. It's basically, uh, I don't know, awesome. So I, I can't wait till right the second, Dan. This is the week to live.
0: Amen to that, brother. <laughs> for James Adams, I'm Dan Claskins. Thanks for always for listening. We'll catch you next time right here on the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast.